Welcome to another episode of MIR Meets. For today's episode, I welcome a student that does not go to McGill, but goes to the London School of Economics in the United Kingdom. His name is Rory Moore. Thank you for coming, Rory. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we get started, can you tell us what you are studying at the LSE and what year are you? Yeah, so I study international relations, uh, uh, Bachelor of Science, and I'm in the second year of my undergraduate course. And so can you tell us a bit about your initiative called the Coronavirus Community Volunteering and what the driving force was to create this? Yeah, sure. So I first set it up at the start of March last year when the pandemic hit the UK. So with university being closed and us going back to our hometown, I decided that it was important that I encouraged young people in my local area to get involved and volunteer to help those who are vulnerable. But quickly, there was a, it was clear from my international network at the London School of Economics, people were telling me that there was a demand for a similar sort of initiative where they lived. So I worked with a tech firm to develop an app and that, was, that meant that we were able to scale the initiative and roll it out in a number of countries around the world. So what started as a very local initiative um, became a global one thanks to my network and thanks to using a innovative digital solution to the volunteering problem. Can you find this app in the Commonwealth such as Canada? Yeah, the app is available. Uh, you can download the app from our website, which is called ccvglobal.org. So you can find it on there. Also, do you think the government in the UK has done enough in helping elderly people who are in isolated or rural areas? Yeah, so this is the one, one of the things that comes up a lot uh, when people talk to me about my initiative. And in fact, there are a number of developed countries like the United Kingdom, which has a done a really good effort of coordinating on a national level a response to volunteer, a, a volunteer response in, uh, to help tackle the pandemic. So, uh, for example, the UK government launched a initiative back in, back in I think, April last year uh, to help coordinate volunteering on a national level through the state government, which is obviously an effective way of doing that. But what we found here at CCV Global is we work in a number of countries which don't have a centralised national volunteering platform. So as a result, it's in these developing countries where we're able to have the biggest impact because uh, these places don't have a state-run program, so our infrastructure is able to connect volunteers with those who need help on the ground and therefore help them through what is a very difficult time for a lot of people. And so you said your app expanded to 40 countries, six continents. So why do you think your app was so successful? So I think the reason for the success is simply it's a question of demand. So I think right now people are aware that this is, you know, the biggest public health challenge in over a century. And so I think there's definitely a spirit of, of young people and indeed of people of all ages who want to get involved in health. And some of them are volunteering for the first time. But of course, having a digital, digital infrastructure makes it easy for people uh, to get involved. They don't have to, you know, it, it does make it a lot easier for people who want to make a difference to just download the app and get involved and find people who, who need help. And in this time, which has been so challenging for a lot of people, I think that's why there's a real demand and a real, you know, people want to want to get involved and make a difference. And in terms of the future going forward, I think um, we want to continue, you know, encouraging people to volunteer through our infrastructure, because once the pandemic ends, it doesn't mean that there's a, you know, the, the demand for community volunteering ends immediately, because regardless of the public health situation, there are always going to be vulnerable people, elderly people who want help with basic things like people helping them with their shopping or having a chat over the phone to prevent loneliness. These things won't just end with the pandemic ending. So I think there's definitely a prospect of us continuing and using the infrastructure we've built, using our network of volunteers to con continue to make a difference uh, long past the end of COVID, hopefully.
You also received uh, recognition from the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Can you tell us about what that recognition was exactly? Yeah, so I had a call from Number Ten Downing Street, where the Prime Minister resides, and、uh, one of his advisers told me that they'd heard about my work and wanted to to recognise the impact that I had. So I then had a call with the Minister of Civil Society from the UK government, who presented me with the award. And so I received a letter from the Prime Minister thanking me for my impact. Uh, he called my work an inspiration, and in, in the sense that we're able to help thousands of people across across the world. And he said it sort of embodies, you know, the power of young people in tackling what is a really difficult problem. But you know, if young people come together and work to to tackle this solution, then that shows the power that young people can have. And so it was obviously a huge honour to receive the award in the sense that it's it's from the prime minister, and that means a lot. But at the same time. The recognition is nice, but the fact that the, the initiative itself was able to help a lot of young people,、uh, to help a lot of vulnerable people around the world, but also encourage young people to volunteer for the first time, I think that's equally important. So the recognition was nice, but also I'm glad about the impact that the initiative itself has has had、um, more broadly. So the minister for civil society approached you about the about a new volunteering strategy. What exactly that entails? Yeah, so when I had the conversation with the minister, they recognised the fact that you know from from the initiative I've run, I must have a lot of experience of coordinating volunteering programmes, and also I've been involved、um, in youth politics in here in the United Kingdom. So I've done a lot of advocacy work and lobbying.、Um, so with all this experience sort of put together, they said that they、uh, developing a new national volunteering strategy for the United Kingdom. I've made love my input as someone who has done a lot of this in, in, across different sectors and working with different organisations. So, really, they want me to help formulate this new、uh, strategy so that I'll be able to have, you know, an impact and bring the knowledge of the experiences I've had to hopefully create a more effective、uh, strategy which will engage the different stakeholders needed for volunteering. It's interesting to note that actually the UK government is one of the first that's developing a volunteering strategy、uh, specifically to tackle community problems and engage young people. So hopefully this work will allow me to have an impact, and and the UK government、uh, will hopefully lead the way in terms of pioneering a, a, a national volunteering approach.、Uh, so I think it's something that's very exciting to be involved with. And do you think it's interesting or bizarre that other developed countries has have not developed a, a volunteering strategy? I think actually it's sort of a representation of the different priorities of governments because, of course, volunteering is a really important thing and it's done at a community level by lots of organisations.、Um, so perhaps governments don't necessarily think that it's important for the state to be involved in volunteering because it's done by charities, NGOs at a local level and on the ground. But I think what the pandemic has shown us that is if you have state coordination and at a national level, it can actually really help because, of course, the governments, the federal governments, have a huge power of、um, resources in terms of. The communications they can reach, the the resources they can mobilise on the ground. So I think with the help of governments, it can actually give、uh, volunteering campaigns a huge boost. So I think maybe the pandemic has shown us that, and so perhaps the UK government has realised that and decided that actually we should have some sort of national coordinated strategy because that will help organisations that already do volunteering and hopefully increase the impact and help more vulnerable people、uh, around the around the country and hopefully beyond. Do you know how many people you have helped with your app? Yeah, so projecting based on analytics of our website of the app,、um, and also based on the number of organisations which we've partnered with around the world、uh, using who've used our volunteer infrastructure, we can estimate that it's somewhere up of ten thousand、uh, people that have been 
uh, help through the app and also we've mobilized a community of volunteers uh, above that number too so um, we don't have any concrete numbers but based on the analytics and also based on partnering with organizations which themselves have tens of thousands of volunteers in countries like Bangladesh, India, Senegal, where we've had big operations, we can project that we've helped, you know, upwards of 10,000 people. So I think, and, you know, the prime minister has recognized that as well in his response to, to my work. So it's, as I said, it's a huge honor to, to receive the award, but also the fact that we've actually just helped people, you know, for me, knowing that too is also a massive, it really makes me feel really happy too. That's amazing, Rory. So what do you think is the most rewarding aspect of volunteering? Is, is it the feeling of giving your time to others or that you're contributing to bettering society? Yeah, I think the fundamental reason why people volunteer is to help, other, to help others in the community or the area in which they live. And I think volunteering, you know, I think if you do, if you do help others, I think it does give you a good feeling, particularly during these challenging times which you've been living. And I think volunteering is good at any point. But if you know that you've been able to help someone who is vulnerable, during the COVID pandemic, I think that gives a massive sense of satisfaction. And also knowing that you, for example, in the CCV global context, knowing that you're part of a bigger uh, web of volunteers around the world who are making a difference. I think for anyone that should be a really good feeling, but also volunteering isn't just good in terms of impact, but also it helps you uh, to build new skills and also to meet new people. I think volunteering is a fantastic way of, of building your network, making new friends for life. That's something that I've seen. So I think people who are thinking about whether they should volunteer, they should consider both the impact they have and also how it will help them going forward in terms of making friends, building their network and developing their skills too. And now that the vaccine is being distributed around the UK and the developed countries, do you think that there will be a, a carpooling system to bring elderly people to vaccination spots? I think the response will depend in different countries. I think, of course, in, for example, a country like the UK, because of the resources we have and the vaccine, the availability of the vaccine, we've been able to set up a lot of local vaccination centres to ensure that um, wherever people live, you know, they can go and get their vaccine or indeed, you know, there's some mobile vaccination centres that can visit places where people might not otherwise be able to go and get vaccinated. But of course, you know, part of what CCV Global does is, is focusing on the response in, in developing countries and, and that part of the world. And so what we are seeing is that unfortunately vaccines aren't getting to those places as soon as soon as we'd like to see. So that does mean that our volunteering still goes on in the sense that unfortunately COVID is still a big problem in these places. So I think unfortunately, you know, vaccines aren't reaching the places as quickly as they should be. But what that does mean is our volunteers are still engaged on the ground and making sure that they can give all the help that is necessary to, to those who need it. And Rory, before we go, can you let us know about what you hope to do once the pandemic starts dwindling down? Do you think you will start working and creating health policy? So um, I think one of the things I'd like to do is build on sort of the experiences I've had and make sure those lessons that I've learned get put into policy. And so the fact that I'm able to advise the government on the volunteering strategy, I think it's a good way of, of achieving that to some extent, but also um, I've just been invited to uh, the UN ECOSOC Youth Forum, so the Economic and Social Council. So I'll be giving input into policy. I'll be talking to policymakers about how we can respond to COVID and bounce back from what is a really challenging time in terms of public health, in terms of the economy, in terms of social isolation. So I think really, I think going forward after the pandemic, I want to talk about the things that I've learned um, and encourage young people to volunteer, but also make sure that some of the some of the things that we've experienced get put into policy so that we can have a lasting impact in terms of volunteering and response to public health crises. Rory, it was a great pleasure having you. Thank you. 
That's it for this edition of MR Mates. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miguel International Review for more up-to-date insight and analysis of global issues in international affairs.